I get an amen? amen? So I don't know what your 2017 was like, but experience-wise, it was, it was a doozy for the Crawford household. And, but as we kind of seize this moment of looking at the past of what 2017 has been, uh, we're preparing for what we're going to talk about more in a moment in, in the future. Um, but as we think about 2017 in the past, you know, we all kind of came into 2017 you know, with some level of expectation and some hopes and some dreams and, and everything else. And I stumbled across this quote as I was preparing for today's message by Oswald Chambers. He says, it is the relationship on the inside that produces goodness, not the external surroundings. God never safeguards from without. He garrisons from within. Unless this principle is understood, we should build, uh, we, shall, shall, we should be building on a wrong foundation. You see, the Lord is never using or never having exactly the using the things, the circumstances of this world to define who we are. Do they are they used as as something that he can use to whittle away some of the rough edges of who we are? Absolutely. But it is not his intent for the for what is going on the on the outside to define who we are as a Christian. You see. The, the, kind of my summary of this of this statement, it says it is not the things of the world that should shape a Christian's life. The Christian's life is shaped by the spirit that lives within inside of him. Let me give you a moment to think about that. What defines a Christian's life is not the circumstances that they walk through. What defines and who defines a Christian life is the spirit that lives within This is what I see Oswald saying, and this is what I look back on 2017 and see joy in, is that in walking through this season, this this passage that the Lord gave me back when the the cancer diagnosis came around was was Matthew 6, verses 31 through 34. The Lord's teaching uh, a group of people, and he says, so do not worry, saying, what shall I eat or what shall I drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of, of his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And as the Lord reminded me of this passage right after this cancer diagnosis, it was if you can imagine and maybe you've been in a similar situation of some bad news or a difficult thing happening. Naturally, your mind immediately races to the negative. And imagining all the bad things that could come of this. And that's really the antithesis of what Jesus is saying. The opposite of what Jesus is saying. The counsel, the wisdom of this passage. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Just focus on today. And there was so much wisdom that I found in this passage. Unlike I had ever seen before. Yes, I I comprehended the passage. But there was a place where this wisdom from Jesus... Gained a new understanding for me in that moment to say, thank you for this counsel that you've given me. That I am not to let my mind wander of what could. I am to stay fixed on today and we have today. And that's all that you are instructing me by your word. You're instructing me to live by. And you know what comes with that is the escape from all the reality of the unknown and all the dreams, all the wanderings, all the. The, the misplaced thoughts that are probably mostly negative in a negative situation and escape back to the present, back to the moment of you've given me today. And that's all any of us are promised. Not necessarily promised our next breath, but we have the moment. 
and the wisdom that's found in this. You see, we, we, we look back on 2017 and one great fruit that I see that the Lord offered me and showed me as he walked me through and walked us through this season, even as Rebecca and I sat up here in March and kind of made this announcement that she's been diagnosed with cancer, this peace that was upon us as we're getting ready to walk through this journey, not knowing where it lies, not knowing where it ends. Who of us knows where any of our journeys end exactly or what what lays what what what's what's laid out there for us tomorrow. But what is in this today? And today we can grab a hold of this peace that has been given to us in Jesus Christ because he offers us today. And as I look back over 2017, as I follow this counsel and I step in and, and, and I was sitting reflecting on my 2017, I'm like this statement of, of Oswald's, this this reality of it's not the things on the outside that define us. It's not the things that, sh- that, that on the outside that shape us. It's the spirit of God that defines and shapes who we are as a Christian. And I look back on 2017 and I can say, praise God. For the spirit of God in my life, because I look back on 2017 as a victory where my emotions and my feelings did not get behind the steering wheel and the helm of my life and lead me on this wild goose chase and this wave after wave of thing after thing that just was overwhelming to deal with in itself. Was 2017 hard? Yes. Did 2017 affect who I am? Only in expressing and realizing that the Spirit of God is true and real and can give you peace when everything on the outside is a blowing storm. And that's what I can sit here today and testify to. I can testify to what I experienced in true life, in real life, something that is only defined as supernatural. Because in the midst of the things that we walked through and the trials that, that came around and the circumstances that could have been negative in 2017, or were they hard? Yes, But did they define me? No, because the Lord, the spirit of God was defining me as we just walked with him and followed his counsel. And so I look back on 27. I'm telling you kind of my personal story, a part of what we went through. And I I, I take a sigh on the last day of this year and say, God is good. My emotions were not overwhelmed. Was it hard? Yes. But those things did not shape me. The Spirit of God just revealed Himself to be more true and more real through those things. And so we're actually going to do something that we talk about time, you know, here and there uh, at Vintage that we're trying to embrace and incorporate more as a congregation. It might be a little bit different than what you've experienced if you've been going to church other places. But we're just going to take a moment. And we're going to kind of slow down. We're going to stop and we're going to pause. And I'm going to give you a moment to reflect, to contemplate what 2017 was for you and where you were in 2017 and where God was with you in 2017. That we don't just quickly transition and move on to the next thing, but that we look back just as we see throughout Old Testament, Abraham four different times. He stopped and he, after he had this encounter and experience with the Lord, he built an altar of stones in remembrance. And whoever would come by this little pillar of stones It was like this story that would continually be told in remembrance of who God was and how he revealed himself and how he spoke and how he revealed himself to be true. This stone altar was made in remembrance of God's moving in God's hand and his action in Abraham's life. So we're going to stop for just a moment 
And I'm going to let you, Jason's going to play quietly in the background, but I'm going to let you take a moment and think over your 2017. You just heard a little bit about mine. And give God this little altar moment, thanking him for where he was with you in the midst of these things. say amen to the things that you have put in the past and we now come to you Lord and and we look to the hopes that you have for us in the future now as we turn and look at future we have this reality that we find ourselves in especially this season where we're looking at dreams, ambitions, intentions you know, what your goals are, your, your New Year's resolutions of what 20, 2018 is going to look like for you. And so what is this reality that we have in front of us? Because really none of us know. Just as we, we, we spoke about and Jesus spoke about it in Matthew 6, we really only have today. We don't know that tomorrow is coming, but whatever is for tomorrow can wait for tomorrow. But yet it is, it's not improper to have plans. It's not improper to have dreams. It's not improper to have hopes and visions. You know, as a parent, I've got two boys, and, and I really do believe the Lord gave me a supernatural moment of wisdom as a parent. And it was my first moment as a parent. I felt like in the birth of our son, Andrew, literally, as he was, we're sitting there in the, in the hospital room, and Andrew had just been born, and, and the doctors are starting to clear, the nurses started to clear, I felt like the Lord had prepared me to the first act that Rebecca and I were to do as parents together was to pray for this child and to get, dedicate him to the Lord. That we are but stewards of this child. We are parents, and that is a stewardship role. We are not God in his life. We are, yes, he came for us biologically, but he didn't come from us in reality. That God is a part of this whole plan and built the whole process. That God is the Lord. And the owner of this child, as best as he and his mom and I, that his mom and I could, could, could participate in. That we're stewards of the moment, not lords over the moment. And so we prayed this prayer and dedicated Andrew to the Lord and just said, Lord, whatever it is that you have for him. Whether he buries me one day or I bury him one day. Whatever, the, whatever it is, only you know. But we dedicate him to you. He's yours. Now help us be the stewards that we could be and that you would intend for us to be because we don't know how. 
And honestly, I don't think that was wisdom that came from me. I'm not that bright. You know me, you know that. I think that was something that the Lord gave me as a gift as a parent, welcoming me into that new season. And so, you know, a hundred times took place between the birth of Andrew and the birth of Will that convinced me again and reminded me this is the first act that you do with Will. And so with Will, I actually had to ask the doctor to leave the room. He was he was enjoying just kind of hanging out and and seeing us all smiling. I said, can we have a moment? And it's the first thing that that we did with Will, the same thing, just dedicating this. And so what I'm wanting you to, to stop this in, in, in this moment in as we kind of move forward is I want you to think about the dreams and the plans and the ambitions that you have. Maybe not just for 2018. Maybe it's the rest of your life. Maybe it's in relationships. Maybe it's in work. Maybe it's in promotions. Maybe it's in what you do. Maybe it's in how long your commute is. I don't know what it is, but what are the visions and dreams and aspirations that you have and that you have set aside and that you're moving toward and thinking about and looking forward to in 2018? We have a family vacation coming up in April and we've never been on a family vacation. I'm really excited about it, right? But here's what I want you to hear about planning for the future. There's nothing wrong with making plans. So long as they fit within the con- within the structure that the Lord gives us of how to live. And how he gives us how to live back to this passage in Matthew 6. That we just live in today. And we can make those plans. But those plans are to be offered and dedicated to you. For you to simply have your way. But we're just a steward of today's day. Whatever happens with these plans are dedicated to you. So if that trip doesn't happen in April, if this thing didn't work out the way that we wanted, if I find myself coming upon, and this just kind of hit me while we're in worship, think about disappointments that you may have had or disappointments that could be waiting for you in something that you're anticipating and excited about. Is that disappointment just you finding hope misplaced in something that God never intended to fulfill the way you you intended it? And that you were holding on to that hope. That hope was not held on to and and lifted up to the Lord as something that is dedicated to him. Because once it's dedicated to him, then bear with me. But maybe there's not anything to be disappointed in. That if it's in the Lord's hand. That whether that trip happens for us in April or not. That it's something that we've dedicated to the Lord. And we hope and we wish and we're excited about planning for it. But if it didn't happen, is it going to devastate us? If we can if we can take our hopes and our dreams and our future ambitions and dedicate them and surrender to them, the Lord, and then just take what he gives us each day, trusting in him in the moment. Then where is his? Yes, not an not not a positive opportunity to discover what he wants in our life. Where are these these disappointments and these hiccups and these disasters that can happen in our life? Something that God can't be with us in or where we feel like he has abandoned us. To, to, by ourselves. That's back to my experience in 2017. I never felt like God had abandoned it. He was walking with us through it. And today, it's just today. And there's this hope, there's this peace, there's this joy that can be found in living that way because it's dedicated to you. What can I do about it anyway? So, Jason's going to take another moment to play and we're going to take another moment to pause. And I want you to take a moment to imagine what you hope for and what you're dreaming about and what your ambitions are, whether it's in 2018 or in your life. And I want you to take, make a wise decision and take this moment.
to dedicate those things to the Lord. They're His. And this is you being a good steward. Thank you for the the goodness of who you are and the instruction that you give us. Lord, we just dedicate all these dreams and visions and aspirations and and goals that we have for for ourselves, Lord. And we, uh, we dedicate them to you and we give them to you. Now, Lord, help us be stewards of each moment. Be faithful to uh, the things that you're calling us to. But Lord, let not our our feelings and emotions be swayed any longer by the tossing and turning of the waves of of how things feel for us each day, Lord. Continue to to ground us in this foundation of your spirit and who you are within us. Amen. Now third, And and the last part that we're going to kind of look at this morning, we've had the past that we've talked about in 2017 and the future that we're hoping in in 2018. But really, in order to find and to be a good steward and to be the people that we can be living authentically with the Lord and, and who he would have us to be, we have to live in the present, in the moment. Because as long as we are living in the past or as long as we're living with Fully our hope only in the future, we will never find success in being the steward of the moment. And the Lord would have us learn to live in the moment. And I think mostly, especially, you know, maybe it's human nature, but especially in the Western culture, we live, you know, with so much of the past trying to haunt us and so much of the future trying to to scream at us, a carrot running so much faster, a, a rabbit out in front just telling us to run faster and harder and distracted that we find ourselves Absent in the moments of what really is spiritually valuable. And that's what we're going to look at and realize. You see, I kind of realized, I think, when I was in college, as finals kind of started rolling around. And, you know, I always, you know, a month out, I was like, okay, man, you know, December 12th is coming. And I'm going to take that final and be done with this dumb class. Right. And I'm just looking for this graduation point or I'm going to graduate from college one day. I'm going to be done with these dumb classes. Right. And so what it, you know, and so I found myself kind of living in this pattern of always looking to a graduation point and just trying to survive to get to that graduation point. And what I think Oswald, just in his daily devotional that, that I read, you know, my most first highest, he, there's a there's a day, I think, around the middle of the year that he kind of speaks to this, that learning to live in the moment. Is where we learn to live as Christians. Learning to live in the present 
is where we learn to find true Christianity. Because, see, all the things in our hope and that we hope for and that we have ambitions in, the way that we dream about the future has to fit within the lens and the box and the filter of this city that we are waiting on. This eternal place, this eternal perspective has to cover over all the hopes and dreams and ambitions that we have for this life. Because where the eternal perspective does not allow those things to exist, then they're probably a misplaced hope. It doesn't mean that you can't have an, be excited about something like going on a vacation or a trip. It just means that there's no, in, in, a, in accordance with value, only the things that have true value are things where our hope and our perspective is fixed on what is eternal. As the New Testament teaches us over and over again, it says that we would live in Hebrews 11. These, these people of faith, they were commended because they lived as aliens and strangers here in this land. Their hope was in this city that was yet to come. Their hope was not in a city as though they could return to it. Their hope was in this eternal destination that God was going, that Jesus said, I go and prepare a place for you. And where our hopes and dreams and ambitions are not, don't make it, don't pass through the filter of an eternal perspective, then they're, they're really not something that is going to be a foundation for you to live your life on. And so from that eternal perspective, then we can step into the reality of each moment and learn to live today. Tomorrow has enough worries of its own. But how do we live for today? We just walked through this season of Advent and Steve walked us through four weeks. Advent meaning arrival, the arrival of Jesus, the arrival of these four specific things that we looked at of hope and love and joy and peace. And Steve said, hope is this confidence and trust an anticipation and attaining the divine moment of God that is coming on our behalf. Granted, he didn't say, I hope's in my vacation. A hope is this, this anticipation of attaining this divine moment that God has coming for us on our behalf. That I can join God in a moment, that I can experience his presence and learn to live in reality of his spirit. The second week on love, it, love wasn't simply a feeling. It was all he was, he was talking about. It's always expressed or received. It's always a re- expressed or received action to the benefit of the one who it's intended toward. That love is not a selfish thing. Love is a thing that is to be given away for the benefit of the person that it's being given toward. So what the response back is doesn't matter. What the expression is and what the action is, is what we are the stewards of. And is our love sin- sin- sincere? Is it authentic? Is it intended a certain way? Are we willing to act and to sacrifice or to have have an action cost us something for the benefit of another person? This is the love that is defined in Scripture. This is the love that's defined in the cross. This is a love that the world doesn't speak of. The world wants us to define love as a as a feeling. The love and simply yes, can love can love express itself in a feelings? Yes, absolutely. But to put feelings before is to, to completely step outside the context of this book and, and define love in a whole new way. And then you have this sandy foundation that things are being built on. You see, as we continued on the third week, Steve talked about peace. Peace is a condition of freedom from disturbance. It doesn't mean an absence of trouble, but it means a personal well-being no matter the circumstance. That's what I found. Peace through 2017. Lasting peace comes only from a foundation of knowing God is loving and therefore faithful and kind 
generous, and he cares for our well-being. That's what defined my 2017. I experienced and encountered a peace by the Spirit of God in my life that is not something I could attain in and of myself. It was me experiencing and encountering and growing in a knowledge of who God is. Finally, see, he talks about joy. Joy is a deep down sense of well-being that abides in the heart of a person who knows all is well between himself and the Lord. True joy requires an eternal perspective. We just talked about eternal perspective. Everything, our hopes, plans, they have to... They have to pass through that filter for them to really be healthy. That our hope is in this city that is yet to come, in this eternal perspective. That's where our joy lies when we find ourselves and we can enter into the joy that the Lord has for us. Now, in the Advent, in the arrival, this whole path, this whole season was about that these are available. But my question to you is, are these experienced to be true and real in your life? If we're going to truly learn to live in the present, then we have to be able to look at the scriptures and understand what God has in store and intended for us and what he came to bring us in this present moment. You see, as we look at throughout the book of John, but I'm just going to focus on a couple of very quick verses. We don't have time to go into it. But in John 15, um, you can see Jesus speaking. Uh, I'm sorry, in John 14, you see Jesus, verses 15 through 17, Jesus is promising that the Spirit of God is going to come. He said, it's better for you that I go, because when I go, then the counsel of the Holy Spirit is going to come and be with you. Right? And in John, John chapter 16, he just continues on. That when the counselor comes, there are more things that I have to say to you. And when the, when the Spirit comes, he is going to speak to you and give truth to things that I have in store for you. You see, we have to pause. We, we oftentimes kind of take the Trinity and we just say, okay, that's another sermon piece. But what I'm challenging you to in this moment for 2018 and for every day of the rest of your life is learning how to live in the moment in regards to the Spirit of God that is available to you to live with inside of you. The Spirit of God is available to you. And if you are a Christian, if you receive the Holy Spirit, then you've had an experience of what this is like. Now, you are to live to experience and encounter and walk with him in the moment, in the present. He's not just something that we're hoping for in this eternal perspective. He is to be encountered and experienced. You see, the Lord desires to be known. And what I mean by known is what the biblical term means known. In a, in a physical relationship, in marriage, that's intimacy, right? In a, in a spiritual sense of what being known means is that there is a, a direct interaction and communion. A communion. Two people becoming one. This is what Jesus prays in the next chapter in John 17. He said that, Father, let, he's praying to his Father, he said, let them be one as you and I are one. That I and them and you and me. Let them be one with us. That there is a supernatural, spiritual thing. And if you don't understand spiritual things, then this ain't going to make any sense to you. In fact, Scripture says, unless you have the Spirit, these spiritual things don't make any sense. So if you haven't received the Spirit, then today's a good day to try it. And then see if suddenly understanding suddenly comes. Because you won't understand it until He brings the Spirit of understanding to you. And then you can encounter and comprehend it. But you can't comprehend it without experiencing it. But if you have the Spirit of God, then you had moments where, like in worship, you felt 
Mm, I felt the spirit. You know, Kevin can testify over there. Oh, no. Right. He can testify. Something's moving. He's feeling something. Right. And I sit and I sit quietly. But it doesn't mean I'm not feeling anything. But that very moment that you're feeling something that is the spirit of God that you're engaging with and interacting with and everything else kind of goes to the side and you're just focused on the goodness of God. You're experiencing the presence of God. Do you know that that's not just for worship? That's for this breath, too. And that one, too. And the ones that will come tomorrow as well. But our problem is that we mostly run so far so fast, fixed on the past or on the future, that we miss the present. And the Lord wants to lead us to live a life like how he lived. You see, all I'm discussing is how Jesus came and modeled how to live this life. He's never in a hurry. Have you ever noticed God's never in a hurry? Have you ever noticed that we're always in a hurry? He's, I mean, this is like, if you sit and think about this, think about how frustrating it is that God's never in a hurry. I'm getting several chuckling amens. He's never in a hurry, but with God, there is always an urgency. There's always an urgency, and an urgency makes it about the moment. He is inviting us to be filled with his spirit. And by being filled with his spirit, then we experience and we should be looking to experience not just feelings like we do in that moment in worship where everything else seems to fade away and we've experienced the presence of God. We are to learn and to grow in how to walk in the presence of God by his spirit. It's not something you can accomplish just by setting your mind to it. It's an act of your life being given in worship. That's what Paul says in Romans 12. In the view of God's mercy, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. Laying yourself on this altar as a living sacrifice. This is what is holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So learning to live and to focus on and to not just have the presence of God be something that you turn to in your prayers before you go to bed or not just be something that you turn to when you turn on the worship music in your car or when you come to church, but that you're learning how to grow into the life like Jesus lived. And Jesus lived continually ever mindful of this relationship with his father. You know, I heard this this great illustration. I'm going to use this piece of paper. It just hit me. This great illustration about how to walk in the spirit. Talk about Jesus. And I don't know how great this is, you know, exegetically, but how Jesus, when he was baptized, John, you know, looks and he sees the spirit of come, the spirit of God come and, and rest on Jesus shoulder like a dove. Right. And I love this illustration that. Imagine walking around with a dove on your shoulder all the time. Would you just be walking around and doing this? Just kind of doing your thing? Or, or would you be ever mindful of keeping and walking in a way that my mind is always fixed on the reality that this dove is perched on my shoulder and I don't want to do anything to have him leave. So I'm going to walk gently. I'm going to walk patiently. And my mind is always attuned to the spirit that is resting upon me. This is the life that we're called to live as Christians. And I apologize as a pastor that this is not maybe what you've been taught. I apologize that on behalf of whatever the church has offered you, that maybe somewhere this truth has been missed. 
But I can tell you in this, there is hope and there is life and there is joy and there is peace. As you learn to walk as Jesus did, as you learn to become like he did, that he lived in every moment fully with an urgency of what this moment means. The urgency of keeping the spirit and, and, and having the spirit be at peace to rest on my shoulder and living in a way that, that leads him to be peaceful there. But now living and walking and going never in a hurry, but with this urgency to just join him in what he is doing and what his father's business is. Friends, this is what 2018 can offer you and offer me. It is only in learning to live in the present that we will truly embrace the change and the transformation that Jesus Christ came and died on the cross for us to have. He died on that cross and he said, it is better for you that I go because when I go, I'm going to give you the spirit and he will come and be in you. So you don't have Jesus, the man, to turn to in the flesh that you're going to see him in the flesh because his flesh is in heaven. You have his very spirit, the same spirit that rested upon him available. If you've not yet received it, today's a good time to do it. If you have received it, then today's a good day to repent. And what repentance means is that you change your thinking on how you're going to, on what exists, how you're going to live, which means you're going to change your actions. And that's what I offer you as hope today. Don't go into 2018 living with life defining who you are because you're defined by a spirit that lives within you. And that spirit wants to guide and instruct and direct and give hope and give joy and give peace and give love in a way that you may find absent in other times. But if you will turn to the spirit in the moment and ask him to come have his way, this is my challenge for you to try. Ask him to come have his way when you're not feeling loving or not being loving. Pause. Ask him to come and have his way, not your way. When you're not feeling at peace, pause. Ask him to come and bring what only he can have, what only he can give. A supernatural peace. When you're not experiencing joy, come, Holy Spirit. It's a supernatural thing that you give. It is a gift from you. It's not just something I can muster up. What are the things that God has in store for you? How now then do we live? Because where we fail to take on and to make the vision of living as Jesus did, how he modeled for it, how he modeled it, uh, this life for us, and how he sent his spirit to guide us and direct us through it, then we're missing the Christian life. Regardless of whatever prayer we prayed before, we're missing the Christian life in this moment. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. You never safeguard us from without, but that you garrison us from within. Lord, help us build on this principle and this reality that the things of the world do not shape us. They do not shape the Christian life. The Christian life is to be shaped by the spirit that lives inside. So, Father, right now, I pray that you send your spirit. And that hearts and minds can hear that you're saying you want to be a friend. For many of us, Lord, you may have been Lord, 
That, that led us to some form of religion. But there's something more that you offer us, and it's a friendship. You say, I no longer call you servants. For servants doesn't know his master's business, but I, I, I make known to you the, the will of the Father. I've welcomed you as friends. So, Lord, thank you for this friendship of the present moment that you're inviting us to live by. Teach us to live not in accordance with the ways of the world, but, Lord, but teach us to live in accordance with who you are, that you are with us. Your desire is to come and transform and redeem, to restore, to give hopes and plans for the future, to have perspectives be set aright, that they're, that they're eternal in perspective. Thank you that you did not leave us and abandon us as orphans. But Lord, you wait for this next breath we're about to breathe and want to be fully present. So teach us how to walk in your ways. Teach us how to embrace your spirit. Father, come and have your way. We're going to take a few moments and have a time of ministry. And maybe there's more that you need to come and lay down on the altar, something you need to to let go of from the past or maybe from 2017 specifically. Maybe there's something you need to, to further just kind of lay at the altar or, or dedicate to the Lord as a plan or a future or, or something you have your hopes in that if that didn't work, man, what a disappointment. Because the Lord does not, the Lord's plans don't end in disappointment. His plans are to say yes and amen to the things that he has in store from you. But that's always through this filter of this eternal perspective. So what does he have in store for you? Maybe there are things you need to make a little less serious by dedicating them to him this morning. Maybe there's something where you need to press in and you need to ask the Holy Spirit either to come and, and fill you, come and receive. And if that's the case, then I encourage you to come to one of the prayer teams that will be on my right or my left of the stage and just ask them to pray for you to receive the Spirit of God. And see what happens. I know this, that the Lord desires to be experienced and known. Both in truth of what is real in this word, but also encountered in this life. One without the other is a mistake. What does the Lord have for you? And last but not least, uh, there's an offering basket. The way we take up offering at Vintage is you come forward and put it in the basket. Or there's a little metal box on the wall in the back. Also remind you, it's the last day of the year. If you were planning to give something in 2017, you know, this is, this is the last day to do that. But this is an offering. This isn't contributing to an organization. This is contributing to the church. God's hope, God's plan, God's people. To be a part of his mission and to join him in, in what he has to do. So if you came prepared to give, then please do so this morning. But I just didn't ask, ask you, we tried to keep the service a little shorter today. Just ask you to take a moment or two. I'll close this up there in a minute. Just take these next few moments and ask the Lord what he has in store for you. Dealing with something from the past, preparing for the future, but invite him to prepare you to live in 2018 in the present reality of his spirit.